What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Denim Radio. This is episode 021. Yeah, baby. We can drink in Canada now. We can go to the nightclub. Or no, we can drink in America. America. We've been drinking in Canada for episodes now. Weeks now, even. The show just started and I've already got something wrong. (laughs) Wouldn't be Denim Radio if we weren't peddling misinformation. (laughs) Very harmless disinformation. (laughs) Unless you were uh, somebody like going to America to drink, but you know you'd be covered because you're 21. Let's, let's carry on. Let's carry on. <laughs> so, yes, as always, I'm Josh over there. We got blonde-haired, kind of a mohawk tie. You can't see it, but you wish you, you you'd wish you could. Hey, Josh, how's it going tonight? It's going well, man. I mean, so as you know, we're both you know no longer extremely young men. We're not we're not quite old yet, but. But we're getting up there. And, you know, as we mentioned on the last show, on the Tuesday night, I had a Lightwagon show. Ended up deciding, since I didn't have to host Cigar, like, oh, it's time to crush some beer. So we drank a little harder than I thought, than I usually do. Felt the effects the next day. Still worked. Got shit done, barely. And then, you know, started feeling better. Had some friends over Friday. They're kind of more chill, so we just played some games. I had a couple of beers, nothing crazy. And then the Saturday, a friend of mine does a Saturnalia party every year. And I wasn't able to go last year. I can't remember. I can't remember what, why we didn't go. We didn't have a babysitter, and we're supposed to do something else. And then we ended up just, everything fell through, so I just stayed home. But anyways, I had no excuse this year, so I went. And in my brain, I'm like, you know what? Just going to go, you know, we'll go have some have some dinner couple beers and I'll get out of there. So, you know, I'll be fine. You know, I just got over this hangover from Tuesday. I don't want to fucking do this to myself again. Then I started thinking, well, it's check stop season. So, you know, we went as a band, me, Ozone and Reiki. And Reiki was just getting off work. And originally, the plan was I was going to drive Ozone. And I'm like, well, why risk it? Check stop season. Catch a ride with Reiki. Take a cab home. Of course. So, you know, we have our meal. Reiki doesn't drink. So he's like, all right. I know he pieces out and I'm like, oh, well, we'll stick around. Fucking all of a sudden it's fucking midnight. I'm eating mushroom cubes. I'm fucking taking a fucking eating half a gummy. I did a few shots of tequila. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go. So what was it? And then I realized, you know, we weren't really that far. And it was pretty, like I say in this interview later, it was pretty mild in in uh, Alberta this year. Like it was only like minus six or something. And I had a little vest and my Santa hat on. So I, I felt warm. So we just walked back. But. My God, I woke up Sunday. I remember I, I don't know. I just didn't want to annoy my wife because she was sleeping. I didn't want to fucking be up pissing every five seconds. I was pretty drunk, so I just slept down on my couch. Fucking woke up the next day, just 
like it was like a compounded hangover compounded hangover <laughs> because it was like adding on to the one i had on tuesday fuck me was i useless so naturally it's monday today i'd have a couple more beers to, to get through our interview but it, it went well I, I yeah. so anyways that what i'm getting, getting at is i killed a lot of brain cells i don't party like i used to but i got a harsh reminder of why i can't do it like that because holy my not fun hangovers when you're north of 35 nope doesn't <laughs> get any easier does it kids but I will tell you, it's still fun because it happens less. So you really, you really enjoy the moments when you actually have a chance to drink with your friends and have a good night. So yeah, I, I don't regret any of it. It's just, damn, don't plan anything important like like work or taking care of a child like I had to do. And and also like when you're of a certain age and you're out drinking, you'll drink more when you're out at a party way more than you would at home because at home you drink a little bit and you kind of just like drink yourself to sleep. Right. But whereas you're out and you're on your feet and moving about, you know, a little bit, it keeps you up and drinking longer. So that'll, that'll make for a pretty good hangover. Yeah. And it was like, well, obviously watching lag wagon play, I'm going to drink and have a good time. And at this other one, it was like, you know, playing games, you're, listening to cool music like, i don't know it's yeah. just it was a perfect reason it was kind of festive lots of good food she even they even made i got a pescatarian diet so they made me a bunch of like three different kinds of like smoked and baked trout and salmon it was oh man fucking delicious but salmon bergs no bergs it was just like the candied salmon like i don't know it's fucking quite delicious i will say but yes that's not why people tune in they tune in because they want to hear about Ty's bowel movement, so let's hear. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we we have guests on the show. I mean, sometimes we don't. I don't know. You know what? I we actually had more listeners on that episode than expected, but it's not something we want to do all the time. But but we we had a great guest this time. So I I hit up old Dominic Dobby. Maybe you know him from Tsunami Bomb, maybe you know him from Love Equals Death back in the day, maybe you know him from his new band, Loud Graves, maybe you know him from his podcast, Three Gigs Podcast, or maybe you know him as a dude that works for Alternative Tentacles. Either way, he wears a lot of hats, and, you know, he's he's back, he's back in the saddle. He had a health scare earlier this year, I believe. Or was 2022. Last yeah, last year. And I don't know, Like, I, if he wouldn't have told me, I would have forgotten about it, because he sounded very sharp and excited excited and you know lively on this interview so yeah it was great to talk to him he's got lots of stories obviously you you work at a label with freaking jello from dead candies owning it and popping in from time to time like that's pretty that's pretty rad and then yeah all the the tours and shit he's done with his bands i mean tsunami bomb worked their butts off back in the 90s 2000s to to get that fan base you know so it's He's got stories, and I mean, I think we only really dipped our toe into the, into in the pool, like maybe barely in the shallow end of stories he could have told. So we did offer him the invitation to come back anytime. So I hope he does. What do you think of the interview, Ty? Yeah, it was awesome. Like you said, just scratching the surface of uh, of that deep pool of experience in the punk rock world and the record label world. You know, uh, alternative tentacles, obviously one of the names in punk record labels, independent record labels. Uh, so yeah, it was a great chat. 
Yeah, and it's it's super encouraging, especially us as a small record label ourselves, to know that you know there's like four or five people that work full time for that record label. You know, they're constantly they're still you know they're doing represses and stuff like that from from like classic quote unquote legacy bands, but they're also they're out they're finding new talent all the time. And I mean, that's a pretty eclectic label. We talk about that in the interview. Like, you're not just gonna go on being like you know fat records, especially back in the '90s. You know, it's those bands. You know, they all had their own sound. I think the best punk bands have their sound, and then you get their imitators, but they still could all, you know, they, they you know what you're getting. For me, that's a very good thing, but for uh, if you listen to Alternative Tentacles, like if they have a compilation, I don't know if they do, but... Yeah, they had a few, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're going to get like a pretty wide variety of, of uh, musical acts, so that that's kind of a cool thing about them as well, but... Yeah, it was cool. It's cool to know that you can be fully employed in 2023 by a record label. That's not, you know, Epic or whatever the the big bastards are. Even Epitaph's mm-hmm. pretty big to this day, but uh, I don't know what they're. How many people that got working for them? Well, Fat's a little quiet these days, but mm-hmm. still the upper echelon of uh, the style of music that you and I love. So, anyways, it's interesting because I wouldn't even have thought to, you know. I didn't expect when I did this interview, I didn't expect to talk that much about alternative tentacles, but it was definitely super interesting. And yeah, I could, I could see your, the fur on your arm standing up. Cause there's a lot of those bands that you have spoken about, but what bands am I talking about? Well, you stick around and then you'll find out we ain't far off. But yeah. Um, since it was a bit of a girthy episode, as we like to say on the show, <laughs> We're gonna, we're not, we're not gonna ramble on too much. Um, I just wanted to allude a bit to what the label has been up to. So I assume if you're tuning in, you at least have a, you know, a passing fancy of what's going on with with high end denim records. Um, as you know, Rémy Vero, our good Quebecois buddy, just dropped his album last uh, last week, or whenever this episode comes, a couple of weeks ago by the time this drops. But yeah, so his record music has been out i mean the dude's machine puts out tons of music so uh pun intended definitely <laughs> um yeah that's a pretty cool record he, he gets a little more aggressive with it he's been leading more into the hardcore side of things lately and it's kind of cool but yeah i would love to see that dude uh put together a band and you know a bit of a you know do a bit of a mini tour Titus muted himself and he's just having a coughing fit and he looked really hilarious seeing his face <laughs> but not hearing the cough but are you all right bud <laughs> oh i'm good that's that's the kind of professional podcast hosting that you get over here at least you hit mute that was very classy of you thank you and uh <laughs> um one more piece of news um actually getting a couple well so my band trash Daniels will be playing with two high-end denim bands in Red Deer on uh, December 29th. So I can't remember if I announced that one last time, but if not, it's out there. Um, it's announced. So we're playing at Danielle's. It's like a Calvone shop. Nice. It's pretty rad little spot. Small, like I think you can get like 60 people in there. So we're hoping to pack the place. And joining us will be high-end denim's finest, the off-sailors and Regal Fowl coming, coming down from Banff, or coming up from Banff, I should say. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for that show. That's going to be a super fun time, kind of a last hurrah of 2023. And then we'll see what 2024 has in store. So, yeah. Thanks. And then lastly, 
uh, we we have a new family member. So pleased to welcome uh, from Tel Aviv, Israel, of all places. We got Free Sergio. So these dudes had reached out fuck a while back now, and uh, they were kind of looking for some some representation. I mean, they've been they've been a band for a while. They've they've done a European tour and stuff. I think can't remember before the pandemic, I believe, but don't quote me on that. Of course, I should have had this written down before going on the record. But anyways, so they'd reached out looking for some help, and you know, I kind of explained what High End Denim does, and you know how we would definitely work with them and getting vinyl and and they're like yeah let's fucking do it so obviously there was some shit delayed i have to tell you there's some shit happening in that region i mean so obviously they're like well i don't know we're gonna it's obviously taking a a back burner to to like music was kicked to the back burner for a couple months there and then you know what they came back and they were they're, they figured they're ready like yeah let's get the, let's get the vinyl going i don't know when we're gonna be able to play shows but you know, we want to we want to get our, this music out there. This album, you know, it means a lot to us. We worked hard on it. You know, it's and I think you know, you know how it is as a band. It's like when you sit on shit for too long, it's like you know, you, at this point, they probably have another, you know, full albums worth of tunes they've been working on. You just want to get it out there and see what happens. You know, support it and then move on to the next thing. So, yeah, this this record is going to be called "The Nail in the Coffee." And yeah, it's fucking, it's pretty cool. It's like, if I had to explain it as anything, it's like really fast, hard hitting, like almost borderline hardcore, but they also got in like the old school flatliners, you know, like the up picking, like ska stuff, like like it's, it's super cool stuff. And 99% of it, like there's 16 songs. They have, and they even got it uh, mastered at, um, uh what's bill stevenson's joint there blasting room blasting room so it sounds fucking great and we it is gonna be on on vinyl we're just figuring out the uh figuring out the logistics and stuff gotta get trying to get a couple more people on board but uh yeah 99 percent of it is in in english but the very first song it's because it's already been out they figured like we're gonna start making this album live the song is already out there so I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's a whole bunch of Hebrew letters. It's not in English, but it's a fucking rad song. And that's the song I want to hear today as we segue into our interview with Dominic. So what would you like to hear, buddy? Um, do I get to pick one again at the end, or is this my only pick for tonight? Yeah, you can have both, buddy. I'll give it to you. Okay, uh, we'll do... Uh, let's do... Uh, let me hear from Three Inches of Blood uh advance what's the first song fear on the bridge fear on the bridge by three inches of blood please i suppose i can allow it all right buddy well if you got nothing else to to run your mouth about let's let's jump into these songs and slide into the interview because i think you guys are really gonna like it super interesting here we go free sergio and three inches inches of hard check it out
This is Mandy from Death Cassette, and you are listening to Denim Radio. Cynthia and Bruno from Thousand Islands Records, and you're listening to Denim Radio. Denim Radio. Come on. Okay, start over. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Denim Radio. Ty and I are pleased to welcome Mr. Dominic Dobby from bands that you may have heard of, Tsunami Bomb, recently Loud Graves, and I think long time ago, Love Equals Death. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is correct. Sweet. How are you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Uh, yeah. It's good to see you again. Where are you calling in from today? Looks like you're yeah, in a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm in a shower. <laughs> it's one of those shows. No, Too bad it's no, only I'm audio my, for uh, you folks at home. Yeah, I'm just like right here. 
He's lathering up right now, folks. <laughs> I'm putting I'm putting quarters into my laptop. I have to keep it going. Yeah. Like. Just keep it. Otherwise, it, it, the screen comes down. So you know, I gotta make that. I gotta make that coin. Um, no, I'm at. This is my girlfriend's stylish uh, curtain for the for the office. Uh, I'm at home. I'm. I live in, currently live in Oakland, California, like on the in the East Bay, uh, just oh, nice. east of San Francisco. So it's probably a lot warmer than Red Deer, Alberta, where I'm at. Yeah, our winter <laughs> is not quite your winter. Some people would accuse us of not having a winter, but it's yeah. a subtle winter. Well, we all put on hoodies. You're not that far from San Francisco, then, right? No, I'm just what's that the old uh, that old saying, Mark Twain or whatever? It's like the coldest winter I've ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely deceptively saying I'm from California it makes it would make everyone think like beach and warmth, but that's a little southern. I'm northern. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still a little cool. It's cold. It's kind of a different kind of cold. It's kind of like a foggy kind of cold that sort of exists. And our winter mostly gets is well, technically it's supposed to be rainy season for us. So it gets kind of wet and cold without snowing. It doesn't we're too close to the ocean for it to snow, really. Uh, over here you'd have to go a lot further north for that to happen but but yeah so it's not not quite as brutal you know but and and uh, truth be told we've had we've been having a very mild winter up here in canada like yeah i don't know if you understand celsius or not as an american i do actually (laughs) uh, like barely like at night it gets down to like minus 10 right now normally you know it's not unheard of for it to be minus 20 minus 30 like brutally cold but we just we haven't got that yet i mean we're not even close out of the woods yeah the first day of winter was only a couple weeks ago so we got one thing is though it sure gets dark early i don't know it's the same for you there ty yeah it is it gets dark it gets really early i'm afraid of it dark so it's a big issue issue. (laughs) usually i like that i mean i usually i do kind of like that but then again i'm also like uh you know i get it i get you know it's the goth in me it's like bring the night, you know. But well, that's always so strange when you when you travel down to like Latin America or somewhere closer to the equator when it's just it just always the sun always sets at the same time. It's like it takes you a while after you're there for like multiple days and you think about it. I guess because well, for myself, I'm never there for longer than a week. But when you talk to locals mm-hmm. and it's just the sun always goes down at six thirty or whatever, it always rises at six thirty yeah. a.m. It's just they get twelve hours of light. That's it. It's kind of weird the whole daylight savings thing. I don't know. I remember going down a rabbit hole and finding out why I can't remember why we decided to do it. I know it wasn't what everyone thought, like the whole farmer thing. That's bullshit. But I don't know what the what the, I can't remember what the actual reason is. I feel like I should look that up. Yeah, we we should spend the rest of the podcast looking that up. Probably. <laughs> I was going to say Ty and I are notorious for just pulling shit out of our ass and saying it's fact on the show. Yeah. Not, not just innocent. Yeah, innocent fake news. Nothing. Nothing that'll get anybody hurt, but don't listen to us usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would that uh, be considered it's... daylight savings or is that just because I well, I think, yeah, my sister-in-law is from Nicaragua and they're usually on the same time as us, like up in Alberta, because they're like directly below us, like however many hundreds of thousands of miles. But yeah. I don't know. Not important. It's a weird thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. I just brought up an article and it's like, energy conservation trying to line up when people were awake and then different countries Mm. had different excuses it was a lot of world war it seems like world war one had a big 
effect in World War II. But interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because where where I, I grew th- up, it, the time never ever changes. Like, it doesn't spring spring back and or spring ahead and fall behind. It just it's always the same time all year round. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have. It just kind of seems to happen. It was all an experiment, and then they just kept doing it. Um, they, they talked about getting rid of the, rid of it here, but they put it to a vote, and most people voted no. And that's so weird. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I didn't expect this would be the topic that we'd like really hone in on, but I'm like, I'm down to like do a deep exploration. Why? I mean, it kind of encapsulates a lot of stuff in the world. Like, this is pointless. We do it. And why do we do it? Because we've always done it and it's stupid. You know? Yeah, we are a punk and weather podcast. We're like heavily centered on both of those things. So I'm not that surprised, honestly. (laughs) Surprised. Pretty on brand. Surprised. So let's see. uh, What's your favorite cloud? You know? Yeah. Humulus? Yeah. yeah. Cirrus for me. (laughs) Cirrus. All in on Cirrus. It's a solid one. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. That's that's the only two I know, though. So don't ask me. Mine's like uh, cotton candy. I see. I hear the sounds of a million people skipping forward thirty seconds <laughs> on, uh, on the podcast. All the buttons. It's not pushing. uncommon. We got them hooked now. <laughs> this is going to yeah, get us more listeners. If it, if it. <laughs> everyone's like, "Yeah, this isn't what I signed up for." Skip. <laughs> All right. Well, we kind of g- gave like a brief uh, mention of your resume, but you kind of mentioned it so. At one point in time, you were working for Alternative Tentacles, right? Or yeah, I was. Uh, I am currently working for them. Okay. Again, I've worked for them in a couple different forms over time. Uh, I was brought on originally as their head of marketing, and then I worked there for about like two years, and then moved on. And then they brought me back at one point. Uh, I uh, to become the GM. And I took over as general manager from about 2017 till about earlier this year to 2023. So, and then I stepped down, um, which is a bigger story because I had a a medical event. I had a stroke Mm -hmm. in uh, 2022 that really flattened me for a while and uh, made, it still affects me in a couple of ways. So it made, made certain things you know, I come off as fine, but things kind of exhaust me in, in severely. And then um, I still have trouble holding on to things. Like I have to use all these new tricks to keep myself organized and keep me on task. I, I can mess up numbers and like get get things like backwards really easily. Like I sometimes I'll think I wrote something or I type something and then I look and I didn't. I type something else or switch numbers, which is really good as a general manager when you're like operating payroll and finances. So uh, (laughs) they were really good to me. And while I was through that AT and Jello, like kind of said, don't go on disability. Like we we got you. And like the whole staff rallied and I, I kind of tried to manage it, but I was just having too much trouble. So uh, I, I set about finding a new GM. I found one and she's amazing. And I stepped down. And then about like two months later, <laughs> they were like, hey, do you have a job yet? I was like, no, I didn't. I haven't gotten one yet. I mean, there was just been, I kind of started doing um, art and design and graphic stuff. And then they, uh, you know, I was trying to think about what I could do 
you know, because I'm still adjusting to some of the issues I have and organizational organizational and they were like well would you be interested in coming back and helping us with marketing again and you know it'd be good to have you to kind of mentor and just be there and you know help us please (laughs) so uh I was like you know what uh sure you know at least for a little bit and then uh now I'm marketing director again and I work for the person I hired to replace me which was it's kind (laughs) of neat because I got to see her like become everything that I had hoped like she'd do. And then except now I'm here to witness it and kind of be like, you know, oh yeah, this is over here or this is why this was like this. And then you can now do this. And I didn't expect to work at AT still, but so now I am. So it's good. I and and you know, the organizational factor with marketing is a little bit more obtainable for me. So it's not so it's not so out of my reach. Whereas mm-hmm you know, the amount of fires that you have to constantly address as GM and the kind of number of amount of numbers that you have to deal with was a little too much for me. Interesting. So turn of tentacles is that big of an operation to have like a full team? Like how many guys are guys and gals are, are working there? I think we're right now at, well, it, it's an interesting number. I would say we have about four, four people who work pretty consistently like what you would consider full time and then i'd say we have another like two or three that are like start fading down to variations of part time to occasional uh, okay working and uh but yeah it's a uh, it's it's a it's it, it is it is it's ramped up a lot too we've changed a lot of stuff about alternative tentacles in a, in a positive way like now we there's a patreon and we are aggressively repressing a lot of the big titles that we have we had got we've recently the really exciting thing that we got to do is i worked on this for a long time before my stroke and now it's finally come to fruition that we got no means no back on alternative tentacles and we are releasing literally every single album that they have ever done. <laughs> we're going to be pressing it on vinyl. And then we're getting ready to very soon, in fact, which this would be huge, is that we are going to be um, putting out the digital for the first time. Because anyone who's a No Means No fan knows that their digital hasn't all been up. Only a few tracks. Mm-hmm. We are... I'm I'm actually surprised it didn't happen this month, but it's it's a it's eminent. Uh, in, within the next few months, we will have literally every album, uh, that they have approved to release coming out on digital, and then starting with, uh, it's wrongs coming out first, and then we're gonna be. I think we're going back to Sex Mad. I think is next, and then we just start progressing from there. It's just going to be progressed through the cat the catalog. Uh in each in turn so it's a really exciting that's a big one and so that's so that's part of the part of the at you know kind of ramping up and we're still signing bands so we have a bunch of new bands that we're working with that are really good so this is a really good time to start paying attention to alternative tentacles it's it's gonna things are getting really awesome good timing for you to come on the show then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and you and you're speaking ty's language he's uh actually he's in uh british columbia so he's 
Yeah. No means no fence. As soon as you said no means no, I saw his eyes light up. He's like, Uh, (laughs) you know, they're an incredible band. I've always loved them. And then, like, you know, they kind of decided to do their own thing years ago, long, long before I was at the label, obviously. But like they had taken the pulled their catalog, which you can do. And they pulled it slow and there was no there was no big fight. They just got to a point where they wanted to kind of do their own thing. And I think they ended up, but then eventually that their own thing ended up them working with Southern uh, label and Southern kind of went out of business and just sort of stopped. And then all of a sudden everything was kind of left in like hanging. So Mm -hmm. turns out between them and us, we have a lot of their masters and um, the mothers and like wrong. We're, we're literally repressing the exact same mastered mothers that we released originally with them years ago that they loved uh the original approved release we had the same mothers that we had used for that initial pressing and they were good and so the the vinyl that's coming out is a perfect uh addition of what we originally did and they'll be like but like with sex mad we're remastering it so some of them are going to be remastered some of them are going to be the classic records all over again we're just excited to have them back and it's really great mm-hmm. so. those those early no means no records like are pretty hard to find and go for quite a bit of cash so it's going to be nice for a lot of people i know a lot of people have been waiting in the community for these uh reissuings to come out because you know it's a way to get that record that you yeah some of otherwise. the staff some of the staff had like let the cat out of the bag a little early while we were still working out some of the legalities for stuff so people Uh-oh. were like why is it taking so long I thought you were <laughs> going to put it out and it was like yeah we weren't really planning to admit this for a little bit longer because we had to work <laughs> out some stuff in the back and the stuff takes a long time mm-hmm. and then you know the pandemic slowed everything down and then like we finally got everything locked down and now we're kind of firing on all cylinders so wrong came out and we that was a huge huge success like right off the gate like we sold out of a bunch of the variations and i think it's like made them all happy too like they're really excited and uh so now we're just fighting to get sex mad getting that remastered and set up and so i don't have a date when that's gonna be rolling out but it's like here's my hint sex mad is gonna be next and that's that's a great record like originally jello wanted to just start from the beginning and go forward but wrong was like ready to go so mm-hmm. Whereas Sex Mad needed some work. So we stopped and then focused on wrong. And now that's coming. And that we should have those records like in the next month or so. I think like in the next Amazing. two months, month or two. So we'll be shipping all those orders out and they'll be in stores. And it's just oh. really exciting. So I'm I'm just happy because I worked really hard to get that deal going and I get to actually work at AT. And now it's I, I get to promote it and talk about it. So it's going to be a lot awesome. of, uh, yeah, and they're great guys. And if you don't want to talk about this, you don't have to, but like, how does that work when it's a band that's not really active anymore? Because I mean, Ty, you said no means no kind of, they got other projects now that they tour on. and Well, the doing... one drummer has a project, yeah, but no means no hasn't played shows since what was it like? 2009 2014, something like that. I can't remember something the exact like year, but it's like, been a while. Obviously, because they're so beloved. Like the, you can move them. I'm just curious how that works. Like you, there's such a huge audience all over the world for no means no. Like Europeans go crazy for no means no. They just clamor yeah. for because that you know they did so much touring. They played over three thousand shows in their career. So, um, yeah. But 
Uh, yeah, no, they don't play shows anymore. To answer your question, Josh, sorry, what were you, what were you? No, asking I'm just curious how they how they are gonna. You just have to cut them a check at the end of all. Like, I'm just curious how it works. Yeah, no, it basically it's like that, and I mean, it's. I'm gonna be honest. It's like a lot harder to work with a band that isn't actually playing, except in the situation like No Means No, where No Means No is a legacy act. Like people are mm-hmm. gonna buy that record no matter what, and then you have the added impact of like some most of their stuff hasn't been available in forever mm-hmm. so like what do you do with that like you have all these people who love this band they toured their asses off they're legendary i mean the the opening we just alternative tentacles just did a big event last night for the end of the holiday season we were starting a whole thing it was our first big event that we have done with our bands and it was called krampus night and uh it was awesome we had like two guys dressed as Krampuses running around trying to hit people with sticks nice. and like it was some great bands it was Arno Core, the darts um dfmk and moms with bangs a brand new band that we signed and these guys are like 20 they're they're really young but they're really good um think think along the lines of like mr bungle meets like king gizzard and lizard wizard and it's just really cool stuff to see like these kids do it i don't mean to call them kids they're you know they're in their 20s but they're new and they're cool <laughs> and they're excited. And like the drummer was wearing a no means no shirt. And we're like, hey, and he goes, I love this band. And I'm like, that's awesome. So you have a band that's kind of they're kind of a different situation than what you would usually talk about. Like, you know, um, because the, there's such a demand and it's that demand has not been met for so long it's almost taken on this legendary status. So now that we can move forward in a positive way, like we're, we're, you know, we're unleashing this on so many people who've been like, dude, I just want to hear it. Like the amount of people who just want to be able to stream it on their phone mm-hmm. and haven't been able to get these albums to do that, except for like a handful of them. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, so you have this incredible response to these things that wouldn't normally happen. Whereas as opposed to, I'm trying to think of a situation like, for example, somebody who's in a band that's big and then they have this side project and they even if it's with a bunch of other guys that are in big bands and they don't tour and you put it out and it's, you know, you could sit there and talk to yourselves and think like, oh, yeah, they're going to buy it because they're, he's in this band, he's in this band, he's in this band. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, bands need to bands are like. They need to be fed like the audience mm-hmm. needs to be fed and and the band needs to continually move you can't you know unless you're you're really a big deal it's still going to be only a percentage of your audience that engages with that and that percentage is really small um if you haven't built up a large response you know what i mean like it's just not going to sell the way a lot of people do so we get we get a lot of offers from insane musicians who are presenting an insane project that's really good and then it's like we talk to them and they're like well what are your what are you going to do with this and they're like oh no we just want to put it out and i'm like i mean sometimes it's so good you really want to we've definitely done that dead ending is a band that is with vic bondi from um articles of faith and you have uh you know uh, uh one of the guys from rise against in it and uh one of the guys, uh, the drummer from Alkaline Trio or the former drummer of Alkaline Trio. So it's like a huge, heavy hitters. They don't play shows, uh, but we did it because we loved it. It was like this great hardcore project. It was so awesome. And it's great to hear these guys. I would give anything 
for them to get together and play some shows and they have but it's just not gonna you know like normally we get a lot of these offers and it's like you know you really need to support something like I've had to tell some really great artists like you know if you want this to work you gotta like pay attention to it it has to be able to build its own audience because it only gets a small percentage of your audience so Mm -hmm. to give you a very long-winded answer to your question it really (laughs) depends on what kind of project it is no means no put the work in and then they just people their fans haven't been able to hear it like the way you want to so you're dealing with people who've had to burn it or buy it secondhand and just find the records it's it's it would which made it take on this mythical level of like this band is incredible the most incredible band you can't hear everything from so it's really exciting to be able to deliver that but everything else it's just you know anybody else i wouldn't recommend even my to some of the people that are listening to me who are in bands to just be like yeah throw together a project and just throw it out there it's going to buy it because well, it's not going to be the same you have to treat a band like it's a real thing mm-hmm I would agree with that. That reminded me of when I was chatting with that Mad Caddy singer and he said because he had that other band that was pretty much it was just sounded like Mad Caddies, but without horns. And mm-hmm. they like went and toured Europe and like nobody came. And he's like, Yeah, started like trying to put his other band's name on the poster. Then people get confused, like, why are they, you know? So totally understand what you mean. Just because you had great success in one group doesn't mean no. automatically you're gonna sell your next shit. I mean, you'll have your diehards like you mentioned, but it's not a slam dunk by any no, like, like loud graves i i'm in a new newer band that started during the pandemic called loud graves and it's filled with a bunch of really great musicians who've been in really cool punk bands it's a real band it's a band i wanted to do because tsunami bomb isn't as busy as i'd like it to be but i was like i'd like to do something when my friends come through town or the bay area or something i want to have something i could be like i'd see all these fun shows happen and and i'd love to be on it and and tsunami bomb could certainly be on it but it's such a production to get tsunami bomb there it's like you're flying people out you're bringing in crew the booking agent involved every there's like a huge machine Mm -hmm. to make tsunami bomb work while people have their own responsibilities to deal with so i wanted something that i could just be like hey you want to be on the show and i'm like yes (laughs) i I can everybody lives here everyone's available we're gonna do it but um, I knew going into it that that wasn't guaranteed to be like huge. It has to grow on its own. And I do get some opportunities because I was in, I'm in Tsunami Bomb because I'm doing a bigger band. Like, yes, more people take an interest in that project than would normally, but it's definitely like, you know, it's not, uh, it's not signed to anybody. It hasn't blown up. It's not like huge. We're just slowly, I think we're right now, I would call us a good in the Bay Area, I'd call us a really good support band, probably getting ready to headline. But for everywhere else, I would say we're an opener. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually enjoy that because it's really nice to have, be the band on the bill that nobody gives, nobody knows or cares about compared to how many times I have to answer about like ticket counts and like what what the expectation of this tour is and how much money's coming in and where's it going. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tsunami Bomb, but it's 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 it sounds like a privileged thing. It's not like Tsunami Bomb's like we're not like no effects or anything, but it's just still, but it's still you know a production and a machine and a big a bigger thing, and so it's easier sometimes to play with Loud Graves. But yeah, there was no expectation that that thing was going to be the same size as Loud as Tsunami Bomb. It's not. You know, mm-hmm. Most people don't know that. Don't know it. I uh, do. Yeah, and it's good. <laughs> but. 
Yes. More people will know it now because we're gonna definitely. If you don't choose a song, we're gonna we're gonna choose one. So maybe that's a good a good time to. Sorry if you weren't planning on playing that song. When I hear that, that Actually, song. no, that's totally fine. I'm vain enough to pick my own songs to play. That's fine. <laughs> well, I teed you up, so you're not being vain at all. It's just a, it just seemed like a good time to take a musical yeah, break. So. It's yeah, it's a good, it's a great band. It's uh, the singer is Sabrina Worthington. She was uh, the lead singer of a, an Austin, Texas band called The Applicators that basically played like toured Europe and played all over. They they toured with everybody. They're you know they were a super cool band, um, so out of Texas and uh, were around for years. And like Tsunami Bomb knew them really well, and and it was just really cool. I've always wanted to work with her, so it's really great to work with her. And then the two guitar players are um, in a band uh, from a band called the Hammer Bombs that's out of the Bay Area, which is just like this incredibly talented like punk band that like sounds like the bands I would have loved as a that I loved as a kid at the and then I got to work with two of them in loud grave so it's super fun uh and so it's yeah it's just a great it's a great band uh I'm really proud of it and it's a real band it's not a vanity project so, <laughs> so yeah I would totally play um either one would work but I'd, I'd pick uh left of you I think it's called uh all I, all all I have left online uh is is the whole song i play we have two songs out as of this but we're about to have two more and we have a whole album recorded that we're gonna uh, the album's gonna come out this next year sweet awesome yeah here we go loud graves
so good. <laughs> Best song oh, ever. <laughs> well, um, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, and I'm sure Ty is wondering. I mean, you mentioned the they and and the big man. So, do you? How much interaction do you have with Mr. Biafra? With you, I talk to him all the time. That's amazing. Or, yeah, no, Jello is um, a very good friend. Like he's he's become he's become genuinely a really dear friend of mine, and uh, he's a he's an interesting guy. Uh, he's he is all those things like Jello Biafra, the legend. Uh, you know, it's funny talking to him all the time. He's he's definitely been in that world for a long time of of like being Jello Biafra. And to be honest, my favorite parts of him are the parts of him just you know being a that he's a huge music fan and has a, an incredibly huge music collection and loves going to shows and talking music and has really great perspectives huge film noir fan and has a great collection of movies and it's just a big baseball fan he's just awesome he's a great guy but he's also jello biafra and it is a thing of you know he you know how he handles that and has been in a world where a lot of people have responded to him as jello for years um but he's he's really he's really opinionated and doesn't is not afraid to say what he thinks obviously and um so it's interesting to he can be a very interesting personality to deal with but <laughs> i really love him as a friend and he, we we've become really close and i can genuinely say he's he's definitely one of my favorite people so he's still very involved with with like seeing what he puts out on the label as much yeah i mean he's very involved with that he doesn't show up at the office he's not there <laughs> I, I used to threaten him like you come down here i got a desk i'll put you to work you like you come <laughs> over and see how your money's spent you know like see how this is working and he's like fuck that so he doesn't really come in often but he he interacts always and ultimately like we can recommend bands that we think we should pick up and he does take that seriously but ultimately it's his call and he mm -hmm. really curates alternative tentacles um with a lot of intention and so it's it's cool because it's i would say you know alternative tentacles doesn't have a sound and uh but it, it it definitely is records that belong in your record collection you will anything it, no there anyone everyone will find something on soon on even if it's not not everything but you will all find if you can hear my voice, there's something on alternative tentacles that you will love, like one of the best records you've ever heard, because it is really put together with a lot of intention and none of the bands sound alike. But there is a thread through them. You know, a lot of his approach is like, if we don't put it out, who would? And, you know, he's very serious about that. Like he makes and it's not always the best business decision, but it's definitely it makes for a collector like a collector's label, which is how I describe alternative tentacles. Like it's a collector's label, you know. Because so, the new the new tsunami, I guess it's not new anymore. But your latest one is uh, was out on that album or that label, yeah. Right? Which surprised me. I didn't think that we he would go for us at all. Like I and and just working and working there, it's really easy for people to be like, oh yeah, you're in tsunami bomb, you it's on at. It's like it's like nah, he doesn't necessarily <laughs> sign uh, the staff's bands. That doesn't happen, but. Years ago, he had said that he had found uh, our one of our 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 seven inch Mayhem on the High Seas that uh, Hunter Bergen from AFI had put out on his label Checkmate Records, and he had found that, and he was like, "Dude, this is 
I, he loves it. Uh, he loved it. But then he saw that we were at that time headlining like Slims, which was a big club in San Francisco at the time. And like, he was like, we were on, I think by that time we were on Kung Fu Records. And he just was like, oh, they're they're already on on their way and gotten bigger and have a deal. Um, which is funny because it took forever for Tsunami Bomb to find anybody to get behind us. We have always been the last. Like, we've always had a hard time. We had a hard time when he came back uh, finding a home. Jello finally got pissed that I was sending out demos to all these different labels and trying to talk to all these labels and i wasn't giving them to him and i was like yeah but you like make a big thing how you don't like poppy punk rock or anything else and he's like you know i was like he's like what are you popular are you popular than pansy division are you a popular band than pansy division i was like no and he's like you know he's like send it to me I'll let me let me hear the new record and he's like i like it what do you think about that I like it. And I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't think you would. I honestly was pretty convinced. And he's he was just like, he's always been the statement. He's like, Tsunami Bomb doesn't sound like anybody else. You guys sort of just sound like yourselves. Like, you know, you can't sit there and go like, oh, here's three bands that Tsunami Bomb sounds like. That doesn't happen. Like, Tsunami, he was like, it was the biggest compliment I've ever heard. Uh, if, from anybody, if there is, there are bands that drew from you guys like stole your sound you know you weren't stealing yeah, anyone like, else's sound <laughs> yeah that's what he said it, which was really nice i mean i you know i've always we've always tried to be original we've always tried our hardest to be unique uh as best that we could um and to make sure our songs were timeless and sometimes that means we it takes us a while to get a record together you know for as long as we've been around even with our big break that we took it's we're not as prolific as i would have liked to, to have been but um, but yeah, he said like yeah, you don't you don't compare Tsunami Bomb to other bands. You compare other bands to Tsunami Bomb sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you're not gonna, you know, this is a unique. This sounds like itself. Nobody quite does it. Though the closest thing he did, he did say, he was like, if I had to say it sounded like anything, he's like Pat Benatar fronting TSOL with a keyboard. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'd buy that record. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. Um, so I was surprised that he would take us on and he 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 got the album. Uh, we did the album with him and he, you know, it did really well. We're, we're really happy with, you know, it's it's sold great and it's been a good partnership. I don't think we appeal to the old AT fan base. Like, you know, the people who are really excited about No Means No being on that, I don't think they're like, yeah, Tsunami Bomb. You know, it's like, I don't think they... <laughs> they have embraced it but some of them have i think that um tsunami bomb kind of has its own a lot of the bands on at have their own crowd and i think we're one of them yeah i i you know i've obviously just like everyone else owned a lot of at records over the years but i was trying to remember one didn't like uh what did two live crew do one on at back in the day or something or was there a hip-hop album on AT? There's probably something. There was a couple hip-hop albums. I wish 2 Live Crew had done something <laughs> on AT. I okay. don't think so. I think, but we had like Blowfly that was doing crazy stuff. We had Wesley Willis, who was doing kind of a spoken word over keyboards and then yes. uh, singing. And then uh, there was a Chili Bee that came out in the 90s. Like there was some hip-hop like exploration by AT, like, 
you know but he's picky uh it has to sound kind of like its own thing it has to be really different and wild you know yeah and that's that's really cool that he will he will uh you have bands on that even believes in even if uh you know he's not trying to fit a mold with it so it's a testament to the diversity of the label i guess yeah it is one of the more i mean aside from being i think the oldest independent punk rock label it's because 1979 i think we have a lot of people beat for its existence it is definitely the most diverse to its sometimes to its detriment you know i think there was a real there was a real strength to like though you you know when you're likes a label like fat or epitaph you you run the risk of you know kids moving on from your style um, mm-hmm. which is you know but but at the same time, then unless you adjust and adapt what that style is, I think, you know, what Epitaph puts out now is not what we would have ever pictured. I was just going to say, before. I think they've done a good or depending on the outlook, bad job of putting out stuff like there's Yeah. For a while still in business, like, people yeah, are buying their stuff. Totally. It's just not necessarily us. Or, yeah, hundred you know, percent. We're we're just left to watch the ads and be like, "Get off my lawn, you damn!" Kids. I mean, I they, <laughs> insert Skinner meme. <laughs> I, I children had a bunch of records recommended to me from on Epitaph, and I checked them all out. And actually, there was a bunch of stuff I actually really like. Plague Vendor, I think Plague Vendor is fucking mm. kick ass band. But um, they toured with Bad Religion or something a while back. Yeah, there there's stuff there that's still really solid and really great. But like they adapted, and then Fat Records is you know they adapted a little. bit bit but like they kind of have a strong sound and it, you know it's like it, it, they just don't put out much at all anymore yeah i'd like to see them i wish they did a little bit more but it's hard it's hard to push new bands the amount of times that people come up to me and go like so who's on at and i'm like or or recently with all the reissues that we're starting to do people are like oh i wish you signed new bands and i was like motherfucker <laughs> uh hey, moms banks dfmk <laughs> you know uh we just we just did Sandrider, which is an incredible band from Seattle that I recommend everyone checking out. Moms with Bangs is we're gonna they have some stuff out. We'll have some stuff for them. Wheelchair Sports Camp, a, that's a hip hop group that we are doing. That's fucking amazing. We just put out their seven. That sounds awesome. So good. Um, <laughs> we also have a, a gypsy, a kind of gypsy punk metal band called Culture Shock. Uh, that's from Seattle. That's really good. You know, it's like Spindrift, Arnocore. You know, DFMK, a fucking rock and roll punk rock from Tijuana. They're incredible. The Darts are like one of the best garage bands, garage rock bands out there. Like, yeah. So it's like, put out new bands. Put out new <laughs> bands all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you buy it. Come on. Yeah. Just buy, buy Man, new bands. I think they got to fire their marketing guy. They're just not getting the word Seriously, out. Seriously, not doing, <laughs> not kidding, getting the of word out. Do you like how I'm like slipping it in? Can you tell them that I'm working marketing? That's what, uh, how many things I'm sliding into this discussion. Oh, you know what? You're so good. I couldn't even tell until now. I was taking notes and everything. Like I got He's on like, my oh. holiday shopping list here. <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, I, I will sometimes challenge people with at and go like name tell me what you're into and i'll give you a band that they're that you should check out like you know literally as a challenge because like there's there's something for everybody um you know but yeah it's so i was really but i was still surprised that tsunami bomb had a home there and it's it's nice it's nice i get to kind of work on my own record and it's just important not to put you know when i do work on stuff like you know not to put my band over anybody else's i treat treat them you know i try to give them the same attention i give everybody else um 
So, and so far, mm-hmm. I think everybody has felt that. I don't think anyone's like, oh, he's just a tsunami bomb stuff. It's like, I, I think he, they all know that I try really hard to make sure that everyone's getting attention. Mm-hmm. Totally. What about the Lowgraves? Who did you guys sign to? Are you just doing We haven't. Week? We haven't yet. We're still shopping around, though I am getting a little bit of like, you know, are you, are, why, why doesn't AT do this? Oh, <laughs> so, from your camp? Yeah, well, just from, from, your band. from other people who are like, so is this coming out on alternative tentacles and stuff? And that's no, like I said earlier, that's not guaranteed. Like, I don't, I can't guarantee that at all. Um, and I don't know if he'd go for that. So I got to talk to him about it and see if there's any song. I'm literally, I, this time I'm not going to shop around him. I will make sure he hears it first and yeah. sees if he, if there's anything he likes. Um, but I think there is. I think it's a really good band. I, I think it's the kind of band that's like, you know, if you like Tsunami Bomb, it doesn't sound like Tsunami Bomb. Not, I, I don't think it sounds like Tsunami Bomb at all. But I mean, I've written a lot of Tsunami Bomb songs and I've written some, I've written part of the Loud Grave song. So you're going to, you, I think you can hear a, a relation, but you know, mm. it's not, it's, it's, it's different, but it's like, if you like that, I think you'll like this. I like the dark undertones you seem to like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I write minor keys a like lot. Evil evil music but still poppy and somehow like catchy i guess maybe not poppy but catchy this all goes back to daylight savings and (laughs) (laughs) that's actually what they used to use it for yeah Uh, like i brought back i brought back the boring conversation from earlier everyone i mean it's called a callback josh (laughs) just rotated that in so now it's not so boring now but you're all happy you sat through that daylight savings this is a payoff that's check off inside i like writing music in the dark dark music in the dark for dark people yeah, amazing sounded wrong. All right. i know what you meant <laughs> well we'll just leave that alone <laughs> yeah. um so you you kind of just you mentioned a few different uh record labels you were on and they're all kind of like seem to be maybe that's just the punk way it's always like guys in the band that have a label you know you mentioned uh checkmate records which is one of the dudes from afi kung fu mm-hmm. which is uh Oh, I can't remember his name now. From uh, Joe Escalante from the Vandals. Yes, there we go, Joe. And then uh, I also went way back in your history, and unless Wikipedia is lying to me, Tomato Head Records, which is the Skankin' Pickles drummers label. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think they're around anymore, though. No, no, they were great, though. Their guitarist passed away, and so I don't think we'll ever see Skankin' Pickle. But that was a great band. Yeah, I've been really lucky um, to be on all the labels I've been on have been founded by people from bands. I really love AFI, Skank and Pickle, Vandals and Dead Kennedy. So Tsunami Bomb was on uh, Asian Man too for a while, weren't they? Or am I no, we weren't. No, oh, no, I like would have loved to. I would have totally done a record on Asian Man. That would be, that'd be fun. I love, I love Mike. Uh, but yeah, when Skank and Pickle, Skank and Pickle were together, they had a label called Dill Records and that was a label I would have loved to have been on. In fact, I submitted my first band to it and Mike Park wrote, wrote me back saying like, keep going, like you're onto something, keep trying. And um, when uh, Skank and Pickle stopped playing, uh, it was Chuck Phelps, the drummer, took took part of it and became Tomato Head. And then Mike Park took part of it and became Asian Man. And Tomato Head was doing really good there for a while, but um a couple financial problems happened and just cut like wrecked that label 
but I mean, it was on its way, I think, to becoming like, I think if it had stayed around, it would definitely been an Asian, at least an Asian man records level. But, uh, you know, you put a lot of money into a project and then they break up and, you know, it falls apart. And then you put another money into another project and that breaks up and then it falls apart. And then all a couple of those for a label, you, you it, it, it'll die, you know, so he just ran out of money and especially just, punk, punk rock yeah. and he's got to work extra hard i guess yeah, in the it 90s just, it was it just a little easier but still but yeah he had a bunch of bands that were just like the releases were great they were all touring it was like coming up and then just a bunch of stuff fell apart and it, it didn't work out but like yeah it's it's really it's it's really been uh I've re- i feel like i've been really lucky uh you know it was always a fight. It sounds like when you rotate, when you list all those off, you're like, oh, somebody listening would be like, oh, yeah, they've had an easy time. People just picked it up one after the other. But it wasn't like that. It was uh, it was always really hard to get Tsunami Bomb signed to anybody. And it was always the people who saw us play who actually stepped up and signed it. It was like people who went to our show or happened to be at the show, maybe we played with their band or were at a show that they went to go see from bands they work with or, you know, friends with. And that's how we got somewhere. Because otherwise, I, I mean, no joke, every every major punk label has had a real, has had an opportunity to tell Tsunami Bomb to go fuck itself. they all turned it down the the labels that you just listed are literally the only ones who have ever said yes like there wasn't like people wanted us and we went with that guy or you know we were some sort of interest from a bunch of people where i know there's bands that talk to a bunch of labels no the only labels that we've ever released anything are the only ones that have shown interest at the time when we got to them and we usually only moved on because some issue with the last one like mm-hmm. you know hunter wasn't really doing checkmate he only did like a couple releases you know but he liked our seven inch and he wanted to support it and he knew we weren't you know nobody was signing it so he put us out for a seven inch mayhem on the high seas and then after that like chuck phelps saw us because he had signed lucky strike nobody was signing us nobody was interested that we'd just done that one thing and you know he's like i'll get behind it and it did really well and then when that ended up falling apart eventually or started falling apart we were just touring and every label said no and uh, the atari saw us and got into us and then started recommending us to a couple labels and they all said no except for the vandals who picked us up for a couple shows and then saw our show and saw how well we were doing and then they were like okay we'll put it out and then you know same with this like when we came back in 2018 like I started pitching, you know, after we got to the point where we decided that we were going to keep going and we were going to put out a record and we wrote a record, I started submitting it. I, I And I went to talk to all the labels that had told us no before and was like, you know, hey, we're going to do stuff and, and nobody was interested. And like I said, uh, <laughs> I couldn't get anywhere. And then while that was all happening, it happened to be Jello, who's like, why are you sending it to everyone but not me? And he came out to see it, and he was like, this is great. I love it. And he signed us. So we've always had a really hard time. Because uh, Tsunami Bomb doesn't, like, you know, we're not a fat records band. We don't sound like any, like, 
anybody. So I don't know. You 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 just have to kind of see it and love it and get into it. You know, I think the second time around, maybe people were hesitant because we had to change singers and like there was some hesitation there. But it's never been an easy an easy sell. But whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> Still get there. You just took the the scenic route, but <laughs> yeah. it just depends what there is. But I like. Ty and I are both in bands and we look at what you've been able to accomplish and that's a success 10 times over for us. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's really kind of you guys to say, I mean, it was a lot of work. I, I the basic, what I'd say is it's just not as, as easy as it, you know, it, I understand when people are like, yeah, I can't get anywhere. I can't get like, mm -hmm. nobody's going for it. It's not hitting. It's like, dude, I know, I know how that feels. Like, yes. I know it doesn't seem like it when you rattle off that, but like, the labels you read off, those are years. There's mm -hmm. a lot of years between each yeah. of those and how much touring and how much shows and like nobody doing anything on our own for us yes. to do before we got people to, and how many no's I had to hear. The best yeah. advice I ever got was from Kepi Gooley from Groovy Ghoulies when he, I was like a local band and we got to we got a show with them and i was like i kind of was like he was a nice guy so i pulled him aside and i was like hey how do i do this like how do i become because they were on lookout at the time and i was like how do i how do i get to where you are like i can't i don't know i don't know what to do like i can play shows but like i'm just playing shows like how does one get there and he was like the advice he gave is like if there's a label that you really love and you really want to be on. You got to do whatever you can to play with all of the bands on that label. As many of the bands on that label as you can. Because those bands will tell people about you if you're doing stuff. If you're really good and you become friends with them. And you know, everybody loves playing with you guys and you're doing well. They will let people know that you are you exist. And they will they are the A&R of those labels. And that turned out to be very true. Um, the other part of that would be advice that Jello would give, who would say, fuck everybody, do it yourself and yeah. start your own label and make your own alternative tentacles and tell everyone else to go fuck themselves and put out music that you love and put out your music and do it until, you know, if somebody makes you an offer because they're interested, they'll come to you. So ultimately, the best advice I ever got was like, fuck everybody, keep playing shows, keep doing it. Because if you do it and you're doing it right and people are coming to see you and coming and getting interested and you're making noise, like people will notice. And if they don't, fuck them, do it yourself. And both paths are, you know, especially now it's even easier than it was in 1979. So mm -hmm. um, it's never easy, but it's it's possible. You can at least get your music out there onto the Internet, you know, so. There's a chance yeah. people can. I hear mean, it's you. a big sea of people. Like you know, I'd be the first to say it's like I'm not the best bass player in the world. I don't think I'm. I've ever been mentioned on the greatest bassist lists. But I do know that if you give me a bass and you put me in a room, and you make me, and I play that bass, I'm going to make sure everybody in that fucking room is looking at me, and they're not going to. They're going to pay attention, and I'm going to make them pay attention. And because, you know, and I love doing it and I'm going to put myself into it completely. I was like, if you can do that, like that should be the point, you know, 
the act of doing it should be more of the point. As soon as you start sitting there going like, oh, I want to be famous. I want to be this. I want to be that. It's like, that's, that's so illusionary. And there's so many things involved with what that means and what that does. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's, it sounds so weird, but it's like, it's, it's how you end up old and bitter too. (laughs) Yeah, no, just do it. Do it because you love it. Like I, I play music still because I love it. Like, and because I can't imagine not doing it. Um, Dude, doing, doing Tsunami Bomb again with a different singer in 2018, like to start then, like uh, that was, it wasn't 2018 it was 20 2016 <laughs> sorry i i moved it up so to come back with tsunami bomb like that was i i didn't want to do that like everybody convinced me to do that i wanted to do a new band but like to take that on was incredibly hard and i did it but i did it because i wanted to play with these people and ultimately these people who i'd started tsunami bomb with and it it felt like tsunami bomb to me and it was tsunami bomb uh so we were just going to do it whether people were into it or not like because we wanted to play together and when we played together it's it just it's tsunami bomb you know so it's like i didn't do it with any sort of goal other than i just wanted to play shows and i think that you know you should always try to do the best you can and try to make music that that works i'm not shaming anybody who's who would be listening and go like i want to be big it's like yeah good yeah i I wanted that once but i think it's more important that you just make make the kind of band that you would love and make the kind of music that you love like love your music and you know don't just spit out songs that sound like that band you like like do Mm -hmm. something that matters to you like if you leave this behind is this your legacy do do you love this was i think it was like some movie was like if you were hurt and dying by the side of the road you have one song in your head that you wrote like would it be this song like could you be remembered by this like make it matter Mm -hmm. and you know if it matters to you then it should matter to anyone else you know it'll matter to somebody else you know so that's what I say more, you know, it's easy to say because then, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere and, you know, it's like you can say whatever you want. But I would I would urge you that anybody who's doing this, you know, if nobody gets it, do it yourself. But you should always be trying to make something that you're passionate about and you believe in and that when you play, you playing your heart out you know, and it matters to you. And that act of doing it is the goal to be the best at the best version of yourself, the best version of the music you can make is so much more important than like writing a song that sounds like whatever, whatever thing is popular at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. that's, 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 that's so true. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, is that, how many bands, you, you know, how many bands have you seen that just seem disingenuous? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, you and know. they're and they're yeah, exactly. They're not having fun up there, so it's like, how how are any of us gonna have fun? You guys aren't even having fun with what you're doing. Yeah, you know, like, like when you see some of these fans. Yeah, I, well, I, I think speak, speaking really of cool. having fun with songs, I think we better take a quick song break here. Sorry, I'm babbling. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. It's great stuff. I just I gotta try to wedge in these songs. That's <laughs> yeah, <and> fine. <laughs> so we'll do that, and then yeah, we'll we'll bring it home for the last the the final stretch of the of the show so yeah what do you want to hear next 
Um, since I just ranted about Tsunami Bomb and it's, <laughs> I, uh, it's around the holidays, uh, we have a song that I uh, we did. We did a version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, um, and but we made it dark and evil. <laughs> so <laughs> it's dark fun. music. Yeah, it's a fun song. I don't know if this is going to come out in time for the holidays or not, but uh, yeah, this next is next Friday soon. Oh, okay. Then there's still time. So this is a perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect tonal song for that. So yes, why don't we do Tsunami Mom, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Here we go. Hello? Has someone been a naughty girl? What? Who is this? Well, there's always next year. Ha, <laughs> it's a fun holiday song yeah actually when i was kind of refreshing my mind about the history of your band and stuff i i I saw that like like on wikipedia or whatever and i was like made note to listen to it and then i got tied up at work (laughs) didn't have a chance to listen to it so i'm super stoked you chose it because now i have no choice i have to listen to it (laughs) but yeah as as we mentioned offline we got a little bit of a game we want you to play so the name of the game is the pressure cooker all right. It's something similar on my old show. I don't know if I was if I was doing it when when we chatted, but basically the name of the game, I'm going to ask you yeah, about 10 rapid fire questions and then you just spit out the first answer that comes to you without okay. uh, overthinking it. And there's an imaginary timer that it's not actually going. <laughs> I put on, I put on intense music in the background to make it seem more, All right. Good. more who wants to be a mil- millionaire. Super yeah. intense. So, first thing we're going to do is listen to the theme song. Ah, 
And yes, are you ready, Dom? I am ready. All right, so here we go. Frankenstein or Wolfman? Wolfman. What's the best state in America? California. What's the best province in Canada? The one you're in. <laughs> Psychobilly or Ska? Oh, uh, Ska. Sure, Ska. Who is the best cousin on TV or film? A cousin? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, cousin. I'm trying to think of a cousin. Uh, somebody named Cousin Tony is always the best cousin. <laughs> uh, the Vandals or Guttermill? Vandals. Uh, what is your least favorite AFI song? You're, you're, try, you're, you're trying to hurt my relationships here. <laughs> you can pass. Uh, you can pass. No, no, no pass. I can't tell you the name of it, but some of the later stuff I have not been as into. Uh, who was the president of America when you graduated high school? I'm outing you. It's <laughs> ageist question. Clinton. Yeah. Question. Uh, John Carpenter or Sam Raimi? Ooh, that's tough. Sam Raimi would say John Carpenter, and John Carpenter would say Sam Raimi who. So I'll <laughs> say John Carpenter, but I love Sam Raimi. And uh, final question, what is the worst movie you've ever seen in your life? Uh, Attack the Killer Tomatoes 2, I think. The one with George Clooney in it. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> and there we go. That's another rendition of The Pressure Cooker. <laughs> I like it's just like, <laughs> what's your least favorite afi song Sorry. i mean i know i can name them but i was just like i i don't know if i even gave a better answer by saying i don't like their latest stuff that much so it's like that cut wasn't that, even a good that, answer no 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 you, no you put it on there i want them to hear no honestly i was like oh, i'm pretty man. sure hunter's not tuning in but if he does well, the, you, well you can the, come on and explain yourself i mean he might you can give me a call and i'll explain it <laughs> um i will say that they have a knack of not like the singles that they pick are never the songs that i would pick for them if it was me you know it's always like oh that's one you picked for your album <laughs> though i think this last album they did was pretty solid it was pretty good um didn't listen but yeah unfortunately. I, I went back and listened to like black sails and art of drowning and and you know it's just like jesus jesus christ <laughs> those are really uh, yeah. good albums and they just mm -hmm. you know yeah, but my girlfriend likes she likes the older stuff better than that. She likes to answer that. So no, like, I'm a I heard a drowning black sales guy. Just said that sweet spot in the middle, man. Yeah. Then they went yeah. a little too heavy. All hollows EP, you know, like that. They were just so it was just like back then they were just jaw-droppingly amazing. But I saw them recently on their last tour and they played and I went to their Oakland show and it was fantastic. It was amazing. They did a great job. So they're still a fantastic man. Yeah. And they're doing what they want to do. And that's, you know, that's the punkest thing. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, we all tell ourselves that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, do they dip into some of those? That wasn't a shade tracks. on them. That was a shade on all of us. We all tell ourselves that it's like, oh, yeah, that's the punkest thing. It's punk to do whatever we want. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's sure. super punk for my band to suck. <laughs> you guys are actually good. Oh, yeah it's not punk at all nobody yeah. sucks <laughs> nobody sucks but do, do they play any of their like actual like more hardcore songs or is it just like art of drowning and beyond the the one i saw had a real big mix it was like old new middle 
old old it was great but i was at the local i was at the hometown show basically so oh, okay I mean, maybe that was more digging into the catalog but i was like i went to see him and i was like this is great it was fantastic you know they weren't going as batshit but like they're a lot older but they were still going way more off than most people go mm-hmm. so i was I, I i was really proud of them yeah i mean say what you want but davy's a hell of a front man so <laughs> he's amazing. charisma yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely amazing. And like you say, you know, they're doing what they want to do. And that's that's important. Mm-hmm. You got some questions there, Ty? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple of questions here. Um, the first thing, I uh, so you are the host of a podcast. Is it still going? Um, your podcast, Three Gigs? Uh, it is. It's been on hiatus. I'm sitting on a bunch of episodes that I have, like my, if I was saying there's a New Year's resolution for myself, I'm going to put out some of those episodes because they're really good, even though they're a little old now. They were kind of like during the pandemic and then just stuff happened and then I got, and then the stroke mm-hmm. happened. And for a while I had a really hard time speaking clearly and, you know, I was having too many hesitations and words. Now I've had a lot of speech therapy, so I am able to form words and create sentences in a flowing way so it's been on hiatus for a long time but i have some new episodes that are going to come out uh after the first of the year and it's really important to me to put them out because i i really love that show um it the format is something that i just think is really great it, for anyone to understand it's called three gigs because i ask musicians what is the story of your first show you ever played the story of your best show you ever played and the worst show you ever played. And the reason I ask that is because you're basically asking somebody, what made you want to do this? What does it feel like? What, 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 why do you keep doing this? And then what's the moment where you question that you're doing this? <laughs> and it's, it's not just musicians. I've talked to, you know, I, I had a, a couple, I, I, I'm trying to talk to different people. Um, my friend's a wrestler with WWE, and I want to get her on to talk to her about those kind of things. But I've had drag, you know, I've had drag queens, DJs, filmmakers, uh, porn actresses, but mostly musicians. You know, it's just about Even trying me. to get into the head. I'm all of yeah. those things you mentioned. You, you are, <laughs> you are on the show. You know, you we did an episode together. Your your episode was great. Oh, you, you got you an episode. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, That's how awesome. I how I first was introduced to this guy and then i was like well you got to come on my show now and he's like sure and then he did and then it, it actually in montreal years it ago. actually breaks my heart a little bit because like um for a while in tsunami bomb we had a filling guitarist when we needed one for a while and his name was chris laforge and he had been the guitarist for 30 foot fall out of texas uh they they were like an epitaph band uh, mm-hmm. and they were great and he was great he was a fantastic guy he's hilarious and I miss him a lot because he passed away. And I just, I so wish I had gotten his stories. Uh, I wish he'd have been on the show. I would have loved, he had so many good stories that he would tell. And I miss him all the time. And I just think about like how great it would have been to have him on that show. Uh, so to me, that show is really important. Like I, I still want to get, like there's still so many musicians I want to get to. And it's like, I still so many, like even bands that I've had somebody on I'd love to have somebody else on, you know, mm-hmm. from that band. I haven't even had all the members of my band on, uh, and I still want to, um, because and 
it doesn't even matter to me like big small like doesn't that doesn't matter because it's like the experiences are 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 what that matters but i got disillusioned at one point because like you know it's like facebook changed reach rules a couple different things changed and i couldn't reach as many people and then a couple musicians didn't promote the show when they were on it and i was like uh you know and but i love that show and Mm -hmm. i i I hope everyone could check it out because even the episodes that are up are still they they, they don't get dated Mm -hmm. it sounds like an amazing premise for a show so i'm definitely going to be checking out the back catalog of that that sounds awesome yeah thanks and yeah after the first year there'll be new ones nice oh and also i'd like to nominate myself as a future guest well i got (laughs) you here okay yes 100 percent I've got 100%. some stories. I won't get into it, but I got three for you. All right, you're you're, you're on. Seriously, Thanks, you're, I'll, I'll even say you can be one of the the ones I the first ones I do of the new cycle. I would love that. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, no, beautiful. Be honored. Thank you for wanting to be. <laughs> it's a good show, except for my yeah, the rest I, of them. I've that also, I've, oh, sorry. I was just saying I listened to lots of them. Like there was like a Ray Ray from Teenage Ballroom, the only one I can remember offhand because it was quite a while ago because i don't remember when i got a good here. collection of people i the yeah. the only one i couldn't get on air but she gave me a written article it's on the site is uh sean sean uh of uh, the the bass player from white zombie nice. uh she was afraid that like she's like ah my band is a little there's a member of my band that's a little litigious and i'll let you guess which one that might be and uh (laughs) so she was like i gotta be really careful what i say so i didn't get a podcast interview with her which i really wish she would have done it but she did write it out so i was able to find video clips of most of the shows that she mentioned not all of them so it's an article on the site uh her episode is just an article interview which i was i love white zombie so i was like i'll take it your website is also really awesome. I was scrolling it and it's got videos for each band or each episode and everything. Did, do you make that website or do you have somebody that does? Yeah, that no, I made that website. I I'm trying to, th- I was actually recently thinking about how to reorganize it, but like, you know, you have all these, how can I make it easy for people to find everything? But yeah, Sweet. Uh, videos for each interview. And, you know, I try to make sure that if you hear the episode, you can go to the site and like see something and put some context with who I've spoke to. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting on some great episodes that need to come out and I have uh, um, a great, I'm really proud of the collection of episodes I have. I have a couple seasons worth, so. Awesome. Yeah, keep it going, man. I can't, or like yeah. our little niche of punk rock. Like I, I say the more the merrier, especially since I have a job where I drive around a lot. So I'm all about podcasts. So <laughs> if I see there's fresh episodes, I'll leave. I'll yeah, I also sure. I also host uh the AT Batcast. Uh, I'm a little behind now, so I got to do an episode of that, like basically talking about all things alternative tentacles. And then I started a show, and I was the, one of the hosts, but I'm not anymore of a of a podcast called Monster Candy. So I'm still a guest host often, but my bandmate Oubliette kind of took my place, and they it's all about horror movies. So Monster Candy podcast, Batcast, and then three gigs are the the three that i orbit on awesome busy man must be feeling better it's great to hear <laughs> i i exhaust myself often uh and push it too far you know 
and unfortunately that it's my partner that sees the outcome when i mm-hmm. when i go too much and do too much like everyone else is like yeah he looks great everything's fine and then i get home and i'm like dropping things forgetting words you know i don't remember why i got up or walked into a room all day you know it's not just like once where you walk in a room and you can't remember why you did it like i'll i'll be like that all day and i'm like what am i doing where what shit and i just realized i have to just lay down relax zone out go to sleep um but that's like part of it now did you what is it do you smell burnt toast when you have a stroke what's the is that actually real no i didn't smell burnt toast i did lose the ability to speak Uh, yeah so it was crazy um i didn't know what a stroke was like not really i didn't know i was having one my girlfriend figured out i was having a stroke and was able so you were at at home when it happened i was at the beach oh my yeah they had to airlift me uh, once they figured out but yeah i stopped being able to speak and then i started drooling and uh like part of my face like started sagging and then I I started struggling to lift my arm. And I just, I, I had no, I couldn't, it wasn't even slurring words. I couldn't speak. Like, it was the weirdest thing. And I was aware the whole time. Like, I remember everything. I remember oh, wow. being bloated in the helicopter thinking, yeah, there's no way I'm coming out of this without getting stuck full of needles. So this is, this is going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> but I, I was, I was, they, t- they told me later, I was like, no, you were dying. So I was like, it's, it's kind of a head trip, but I'm good. I just have to be really careful, you know. Right. Like tsunami bombs going to Europe next year, and we're gonna play like eleven shows, and I haven't done that. Like, which is funny because eleven shows, when I was younger, like that was nothing. We'd play like eight weeks at a time, but it's been it's been a long time. Like I get, we do shorter runs, like four or five shows, and then we like fly in, do four or five shows, and fly back. And after that, I'm wrecked. So like half that number wrecks me. So I got to figure out how to manage myself to be able to get through 11 shows. So in a row, which I, I know I can't, it's just going to be challenging. So, well, I mean, you got, it's next summer, spring, spring, next spring. spring. So you yeah. got, you know, five months to prepare yourself mentally and physically. And yeah. Yeah. Take your vitamins, I'll, I'll be ready for it. Get some I'm, sleep. I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This podcast is great for that. You can put this on, you'll doze off right away. <laughs> like in general, not this episode. My, my That's why we catfished everybody. We catfished everybody with the daylight savings thing. That's how you open it. You just kind of weed out the sleepers. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I was going to. Well, yeah, best of luck. I'm glad to hear you're doing better. I remember when I saw that. I'm pretty sure I sent you some. Well, wishes. I hope I did. Anyways, I think I did. You did. And I appreciate <laughs> and, you know, it. it meant lots a lot. of people, lots of people in the in the punk scene. I'm sure were worried about you. So it's great to see you feeling like normal. I know you're gonna have to. Like, I guess it's just lots of us. You can't live that destructive lifestyle when you're in your 20s anymore because it's gonna catch up to you, right? I'm not saying that's what why it happened to you. It's just, but I don't <laughs> so do myself any favors. I deserved it, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. No, no. Now that it's, you say that, it's out there. And, well, I, mean, you know. No, I said it for you. No, <laughs> it's 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 good. It's it's okay to be like, you know. Well, it sounds like you got a good easy. support system and stuff. People to help you out and like. The yeah, the band's you're... really protective of me too, which is really nice. Like, I haven't been able to like lead the band really like it was like I was doing, but like they've stepped up. 
and they're they're doing a bunch of stuff now so it's nice because yeah yeah it's it's just harder for me to keep track of too many things you know it's like that's where i start struggling yeah for sure and it's stressful and you don't need additional stress like it's stressful enough being alive in this day and age so (laughs) how expensive everything is you know it's like you don't need more stress but we certainly had plenty of things to sing about on the next record that (laughs) we're working on so Ooh, is this a scoop or is you already announced that you're working on this (laughs) i mean we've been kind of like hinting at it for a while i think we're almost done we have we we haven't recorded it but we have seven songs that are definitely going on the record i think we you know, I, th- I think it's just a matter of which those three to five are going to be. And then, and then you know, we have a bunch to pull from. Are, are Do we have the ones that we need or do we need to write new ones? You know, like what, how much, what, what, what should go into this record? Because I feel like the last record was, see, this is how I get in these long tangents and speak for like four <laughs> minutes at a time. But uh, the last record, I feel like we were trying really hard to incorporate everything that had been Tsunami Bomb and tie it together, including the definitive act where, you know, like we're trying to make sure that when you listen, if you listen to them all in a row, it made sense that like the the spine that binds would be like a course correction where we were bringing in elements that we started with, like the keyboard and the the darker sound with the kind of like early 2000 kind of spin of the definitive act and we wanted to try and make it so that it made sense to people you know coming in so we were really thinking about like how to mix all those sounds together and step forward slightly and bring people in you know and make it like make it make it make sense which I think made for a really good record but for us it feels like a transitionary record and whereas this record I don't give a fuck about any of that. And uh, we're just going to write, we're writing a record. If I said there was any goal, it's like, not that we'll do this, but if I could, can this record be played? If we were to not play anything else and we were just to come out with this record, can this record be played as a show and that we would love it? And it would have like some slower songs in the middle, fast, fast hit opening, you know, hard, hard ending, big finish, like anthemic. Like, is it grabbing all of the elements that we feel as tsunami bomb without worrying about what's above, you know, what's hanging over our head, you know, because ultimately the goal, when you get to a certain point, you're just trying to write good songs to add to the set of everything that the strongest stuff, but mm-hmm. really trying hard to write a really strong record with the band and be proud of it. Mm-hmm. And we have some very slow writers in this band too. So it's <laughs> just agonizing we've fittering away certain like you just blink and a year goes by and nobody's done anything but we're finally i think we're finally moving forward now happy to hear that me too i just had one question because uh you've you've been on some pretty crazy tours you've played them sure now with like all the fests and stuff you get invited to so you probably played for some pretty big crowds i'm just wondering like are you naturally like do you get stage fright on stage or you just I know you said you want everyone looking at you and stealing the show. Is that like, do you get nervous before you play or do you have any tricks for maybe like crappy bands like mine? Like how how to deal with your nerves? Yeah. I mean, of course I get nervous. I've gotten nervous before. I would say I get most nervous ironically when it's front of a hometown show 
like in front of friends and family I and people that. who have seen it around for years and know and these people I see all the time and bands I know you know and they all come out and they're all there waiting for us to come on and I think about that like my mom's in the crowd my dad's there my brother's there you know my best friend like you know my girlfriend's there like everybody is there and they're about to watch and I'm like oof, you know these are people who have to deal with my shit on a daily basis I don't want to <laughs> fuck up in front of them um but in terms of the big shows and all that one you know the thing I would say is like you know it just kind of merges into one sort of mass you know it's like you can't really you can you could stop and focus and really look at people um and sometimes I do but it's really about just like you know you're delivering a show not really trying to like analyze who's out there you know and and I think you're just you you put out kind of like to what I said earlier is like you put out the best foot forward that your best performance just really go for it and just be a present and be believe believe in that performance and it shouldn't matter who's there whether it's like five people or ten thousand people um i know that sounds easy to say but like really if you're just focused on enjoying what you're doing and and doing what you're doing and feeling the music and performing like you believe in your music and you're not just standing there like this is my job i'm in a bad mood um but you're just like i'm in this moment completely i've lost myself to what i'm doing and delivering this show then it won't matter how, who's out there because you're not really paying attention to that part. But mm -hmm. um, I think that's a big part of it. But you know, nerves are 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 you know, nerve the nerves are because you care. You, you know, you want to do a good job. But I guess the other last bit I'd say to that is like, accept the fact that you are going to fuck up. There's no <laughs> perfect show. You're going to drop the pick. You're going to gank the note. You're going to miss the strum. You're going to, your strap could break. Your string could break. Anything could go wrong. Um, so expect it to. It's going to. Who gives a shit? Like, I've, have you seen a show that was amazing that somebody broke a string? You totally have. And it didn't matter. I saw a lot. I saw the other night, I saw a band I really like, like, fuck up a song completely. I had to restart it. <laughs> and I don't care. It was yeah. great. I don't give a I know they beat themselves up over it because I talked to them, but I was like, geez, that didn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody cares as long as you're really giving your best performance. You are going to mess up. You're going to have a problem. But if you make a big deal about it, if you stop, if you really fuck, you make a face, you have a tantrum, you, you get frustrated, that's what people will notice. They will see that. I mean, I've never played a perfect show. And if either of you did, well, more power to both of you, because I never have. I've never done it perfect. I've never nailed it. There's always been something I could walk off the stage and go, ooh, that part. <laughs> what were we doing there? You know, whether it was me or someone else or, or you know, and generally, you know, even if I, I've messed up and not even noticed I messed up, you know, it's like, you know, so it's like, you just have to just accept that it's not going to be perfect, but it but try to make it as make it the best performance you can in that moment and enjoy every moment. And it'll be easier to let go of that nervousness because that nervousness is because you care about doing the best you can. So just mm -hmm. try to do the best you can accept. There's going to be a mistake, except you're going to have a problem and move the fuck on, you know? Um, 
And we're yeah, all fuck do- we're all fuck ups as punk rockers, anyways, right? So <laughs> right. I, I remember asking Josh Freeze, like I was I got to talk to him about his drumming and like drumming for people and how he comes in and like why he's so able to do such a good job in the studio and just talking to him about it. And he goes, you know what? It really is. He's like nine times out of ten, he's like a lot of drummers, they get in that studio and they think about this huge opportunity or there's so much money's going into this and everyone's staring at them and then they just start fucking up, you know, and they, they mess up and they get like, they sweat it and they freak out. And he goes like, for me, he's like, if I mess up, I just tell him to like turn up the click and then I do it again. And I know I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Whether I get it this time or next time. He's like the difference, I think between me and other people, he's like, I practice a lot. I play well. I can, you know, I, but I also accept the fact that if I mess up once, I don't beat myself up. I just go, all right, run it again. All right, change. Actually, he goes, nine times out of 10, I mess up, I turn up the click. I was like, a little louder so I can hear it. Nailed it. You know, he's like, as soon as I let go of the nervousness of messing up and not worrying about that, he goes, I became a better player and I started doing really well in the studio. And I think it's the same thing for shows, like, except you are going to fuck up. Something's going to go wrong because there's like three to five of you up there all doing this stuff, making noise in, in sync in front of a lot of people and somebody's going to have a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, all of you do. I Again, I everybody messes it's up. It's all how you bounce back from it too. Like the drummer drops a stick and kind of fucks something up. If everybody stops and looks back at him, like that's, people are going to notice that. But if yeah, he just quickly picks up a stick it. and keeps going, if, everybody keeps moving they'll forget about yeah. it by the next song Nobody right they might be like that's not a weird Fre- but- i've watched josh freeze drop sticks he just picked up another one kept the beat and kept <laughs> going now he drums for foo fighters like dude it's incredible it's was that when you toured with the vandals did you get to tour with them or just by just watching yeah, him yeah i toured with the vandals and i've played a bunch of shows with them so that's amazing <laughs> but yeah that's the best advice i can give about that like because you know I, it's hard to say like care a lot but care less it's like you know just accept that you're going to mess I know. I mean, obviously I'm not near your level, but when I have friends that are just getting into playing shows and they're nervous, you know, I tell them like, it's more important to be a professional in the way, like just, you know, show up on time, be nice to other bands, get the fuck off the stage when it's, you know, play when they tell you don't stay on and do an encore just because your mom's in the crowd, you know, like stuff like that yeah. goes a long way. I find like everybody's going to fuck up, but if you just there and you do what you're supposed to in your 20 minutes, half hour, whatever you get, get out of the way and be you know cheer on the other bands like you're gonna it's gonna go a long way in life i find be nice be gracious be real it's okay you know it's like and you know thing i remember about music is people like working with people they like to hang out with Mm -hmm. you know it's like everyone's making this big deal about nepo babies in hollywood nepotism it's like i got news for you the reason that happens is because if i like people like like if I know a musician and they're really great and they're really cool and they got a kid who's got a band and their kid is a really cool kid and they're playing and they're doing it and I listen to it and I like it. I was like, I yeah, I, I would give it a shot. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's a Nepo baby. But it's like, that's where it comes from. It's just like a bunch of people who enjoy working together, you know, will hook each other up and you can break into stuff. It's like, it's not impossible to get on AT. A bunch of 20 somethings who have, who are from Novato who haven't really played out of the Bay area at all, just got signed to AT for a seven inch. And we're going to see how it goes and bring them up to an album. They didn't know anybody. They just continually played shows. They played their asses off. 
they're making really cool music and they were bringing people in. They, you know, they're bringing their friends in and their friends are coming every time they play. And it's really exciting. And it, it fell to the attention. They submitted demos and it, and it got in front of, got Jello's attention. He showed up at a show and he fell in love with it. Like it's just keep playing. Keep well, and doing it. The funny thing about that too, is like, who the hell is not going to take a leg up when somebody offers it to him? Like we all do. So it's like, if it just happens or, to be your dad, I guess, like, or your mom is famous and got you a leg in or put in the door. Like, it's the same thing. Like, I, if one of you guys know somebody, if one of you guys know somebody and the other one's having a show and you're like, hey, this person's awesome. Yeah. When you go like, oh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll take that. You know, it's like you take those recommendations. I, I'm not trying to defend untalented people. You still got to bring it. Yeah. You still exactly. have to like be something. You have to have something. Otherwise, any, any sort of, internal hookup is not going to work but Mm -hmm. you know but the point of the whole thing of reason i brought this all up is because it's like it's really about just being cool like just be be fun be nice don't freak out don't have a tantrum on stage over something don't overstay your welcome it's better to leave people wanting more than overdoing it like hit them hard say thank you and head out yeah. like it's awesome like, you know those are those are the those are the people that are going to be remembered and you know the at just put on a show and the club came to us and said like they loved every band every band was easy to work with they were like they had the greatest time they were like they invited us back they said they told all the bands that they want them to play this immense this incredible san francisco venue called the great american music hall and it's like it's all because everybody was really cool really worked with everyone and nobody was a shit about it you know there's prima donnas in music there's rockers that act like assholes there's musicians there's punks that act like assholes i'm gonna tell you they can only get away with that as long as they're making other people money who pay through the, the nose to keep them going and the minute they stop being able to make people money they're gone so it's like just don't be a dick you know it's yeah. so much easier just to you, you know. can you can name him I'm talking about ben weasel right <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying Trash to get him on the show obviously yeah. uh so yeah <laughs> we're not making anybody money <laughs> that's the name of this episode don't be a dick don't be a dick <laughs> awesome yeah, buddy we'll be... uh let's start wrapping this up i uh can't thank you enough for coming on man lots of cool stories i mean if you ever want to come back and tell more stories, we didn't really do a super deep dive. I guess we did a little bit, but more just, we might, it was very uh, alternative tentacles based, which is awesome because I enjoyed every minute of it, but <laughs> you got a lot more, there's a lot more to you than that. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, anytime I, I'd be happy to come on anytime. This has been great. I thank you for having me and yeah, I'll, t- I, I'll, I'll name a bunch of names. Just <laughs> bring me on, ask me to tell a bunch more stories. Well, I'll do it. And, and, and as a marketing guy, if you got bands yeah. that are looking for coverage, we'll happily talk to anyone on your label. So I hope everybody took notes. I dropped a lot of names on purpose. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, there'll be a quiz at the end of this show. Just uh, <laughs> scroll down and look in the, uh, the, 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 the episodes details. And there's a quiz <laughs> on everything I named. No, I mean, anybody that caught any of those, just definitely check out all those bands are really cool. And yeah, I I'd send you, I'd love to send you guys some bands. <laughs> you, we have some really cool personalities, uh, you know, that you guys would have a kick out of talking to. You love uh, it, we're, uh, Yeah, we're starting to actually be a little more organized and get ahead of it. So we're, I'm not scrambling to edit it the day before it goes live and stuff like that. But it's it's going well, man. So yeah, we definitely appreciate you being a part of us as we, 
as we grow, as you know, you, you know how hard it is to build a podcast and the you aforementioned know. social media reach throttling is fucking annoying, but you know what? We're going to get through it. If I just got to talk to everyone I know until eventually yeah. everyone knows about the show, that's all it takes. Well, I can definitely send some, some bands this way that would love to be on the show, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, we're yeah. getting ready to do a big, uh, promotional push with, uh, no means no and stuff. I'm just like, no, oh, we can set something up. So I just heard Tyler just blow the biggest load ever. <laughs> Metaphorical load. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're down for it ever, man. And yeah, but let's uh, let's choose one more song, and I'll let you let you get on your way. Uh, okay. Um, I will pick uh, the Hammer Bombs, uh, a band that I really love, and I play with two of them in Loud Graves, and. Uh, they're really good friends with Tsunami Bomb. We've done a bunch of stuff with them, and their songwriting is really good. And this song is called I Hate Cars. And uh, the bass player, Jen, sings it. And they are really, they have a great voice, and they're an incredible songwriter. And I urge everyone to check this out. And if you like what you hear, check out the rest of their stuff. Uh, they have a song um, called Goodbye Dreamboat, and I really love it. Oh, yeah, man. So thanks one last time for coming on. And yeah. More than willing to have you back on and everyone come back on. I'm so anytime you say Thank the word so and probably in 2024. <laughs> Run out of time in this for you. <laughs> Hit me up anytime. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. All right. Well, thanks again for for hopping on and Cheers all the best, Nick. man. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye. I don't want to see you. days I'm Dominic Davi from Tsunami Bomb, and you're listening to Denim Radio. And.
and that's gonna be a wrap all right buddy what'd you think of that that chat i think it was pretty interesting myself i had a good time good guest yeah totally and like i kind of alluded to it like how i kind of got on this dude's radar and likewise um when he was doing the three gig show that was back um like cynthia from thousand islands is really like She's really pushing us back then when they first we first got on board. So he she reached out to out to him, and like I just was like, oh, you can reach out. He's not gonna want to talk to my shitty band that nobody knows, right? But <laughs> he was just like, oh, he's a, he's a fan of the show. Like, yeah. He so when he says like, I don't care if a band's huge or small. Like, I just love talking bands and or other performers. Like, he means it. Like, he's had no reason to give trash ambulance a the time of day right and he did and so obviously at the time i was doing punk and normal podcast i was like while i was talking i was like hey like you should come on my show and then he's like yeah absolutely so eventually he did come on the show we probably talked a lot more tsunami bomb stuff back then but uh and then yeah i I got to meet him in person when i was in uh he played puza fest when we went out there and then i actually tried to uh (laughs) Bruno tried to like piggyback us onto their little tour they did because we, you know, everybody goes up to Puza. They're like, well, let's do a little short little tour around it. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, there wasn't there wasn't room for us. But we did get some cool shows, regardless. But but anyways, yeah. So when we were you and I were talking about like, oh, let's get ahead of ourselves. Let's actually like stop waiting till the day before to, to get guests. Like, let's, <laughs> let's plan this ahead so we have people from you know one, two, three, four weeks ahead. So we just gives us time to make sure we're a little bit prepared and yeah he was one of the guys i thought of and when he yeah he, he was in hawaii i think when we originally had the idea so he's like oh no i'm not i can't talk now and he got back to me he's like yep yeah, i'm in so i was very happy to, to have him on and yeah he's a super interesting dude so nice yeah no no that was that was good stuff and you know you and i have been pounding the pod pavement and we've been recording twice a week creating uh beautiful denim episodes for anybody that may be listening right now so uh yeah look forward to a couple more at least a couple at least a couple yeah that's <laughs> what so, no i'm only doing a couple i'm only doing a couple i only more. got him on contract at <laughs> the end of the year and then we got to renegotiate yeah it's gonna be a fucking and you can play hardball I like I liked how Don, Dominic used the word litigious because that's one of your favorite words. Oh, totally. I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> I can see he's smirking. Um, I was just thinking too when he was talking about because uh, honestly, like I asked about stage fight and stuff. I've never played like a like the mat. I've played like opening gigs where it's you know like the lag wagon done me did and like super friendly and then I like, open for face to face stuff like that. And for whatever reason, I don't get super duper nervous for there. But then when he was saying, oh, I get more nervous, you know, when my, my friends are in the audience and stuff like that, or I kind of reminded me of uh, like one, because lots of times too, like when like somebody from your work comes, that's like, like I find that throws me off more. Yeah. Like one time that really jumps out at me is when I was in that band Loser Points, my, uh, my wife's uncle, he's like, uh, he works for the fire department in Calgary. And he was asking us like, oh, when is like, when's your show? Where is it? And I'm like, oh, it's at, it's at Vern's. He's like, oh, I'm working, but I'll try to come by. So he like shows up in this fucking him and his buddies in like his full fucking like fireman <laughs> outfit. So everybody's like, really? Uh, Clint like runs the door. I was like, oh, thinking it was like, why the fuck is the fire department coming here? And he's like, no, I'm just here to watch 
that's my my nephew or whatever he calls me. you know my niece's husband's band like and always own was in the band as well so he's like I, i'm just here to watch the band but like do you did you ever watch that seinfeld episode where like the pilots in the fucking crowd yes or so like katie foreman i can't remember her name is on the, on that episode but the same actress is like i don't want to freak you out jerry but the pilot is in the crowd <laughs> And he's just like i don't care like why are you telling me this and then he just like completely bombs his set because he keeps seeing the pilot like in the crowd. i was just totally what it was like i there's the worst fucking i've ever played i've just psyched out by my wife's uncle fucking that would be so up. distracting to everybody there <laughs> and also like verns is a, like i don't want to say it's not up to code or that it may be a fire hazard but that's like you know what i mean like the firemen probably walking in looking like Jesus, that's hilarious. Well, I never saw Clint move so fast from running to the fucking door to be like, oh, how can I help you, officer? He's like, I'm I'm literally just here to watch the the music. I'll leave as soon as they're done. (laughs) But yeah, that was it was just so funny how it's like that's what like really psyched me out, not the fucking hundreds of people that were there in the crowd. (laughs) That really fucking fucked me up. I don't know why. Like the dude's like super supportive and you know, he's he's an older guy, so he likes more like the, the hard rock stuff, but he does have a appreciation for like a lot of punk bands and stuff. Like it's not, it's not his jam, but but I don't know. It was just hilarious. It just reminded me of that. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. It's like the pilot, like just looking at me in the fucking crowd, throwing me off. But I made it through. I wish I could say that was the worst show I played at Burns. <laughs> no, Burns is all right. If you if you're listening, you should play there because Every oh, yeah. band has. It's a rite of passage. Everybody's yeah. got play there at least Played 17 there times. times yeah. <laughs> we all have. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously we're going to stay in touch with him. I mean, since he is a marketing guy for a record label, we were pretty pretty uh, open to the idea of chatting with his bands because you know what? That's, that's what we're here for. So if you're listening to this and you don't know us and you're in a band, Drop us a message, denim radio podcast at gmail.com or go on our website, com, or slide into our DMs on on uh Facebook or Instagram. I mean, honestly, I'll probably miss it if it's on Facebook because I never check Facebook, but I might catch it. It's probably the worst place to to get a hold of us, but I mean, you know. The, the, the moral of the story is reach out if you want to be on it or if you just want your song played we we could probably help with that i mean we can't interview everyone we can try but we're, we are like i said we're already pretty much filled our quota for 2023 so we're booking into next year now so uh yeah let's let's keep it rolling man that's what i say heck yeah Heck to the yeah, but yeah, it was a girthy episode, so nobody wants to hear my voice any any longer than they have to. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. But uh, got anything else that we should announce before we uh, bid everybody adieu? No, no, I'm all good, um, ready to do the adieu bidding and talk to you next time. <laughs> With limited adieu. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> i don't even know what a do is but do i not have a lot of it is it should i have well, they, more they say there's there's for, no further ado but then you bid people to do so maybe you want to yeah. do i don't know do you want to do just like dude, the right amount of do dude i bid people a mountain do extreme <laughs> i was uh, at a grocery store today and i saw some really exceptional mountain dew uh artwork on the box and i was like Way to go, Mountain Dew. 
<laughs> Man, that's a fucking song we should play. The Mountain Dew song by Mean Jeans. <laughs> nice. Are you already having another? You want another song? Or should we do the Mountain Yeah, yeah. okay. I'll do my last song because it's okay. appropriate for the episode. Should... Fine. Uh, I'll play well, it. you can do both. You can do both. <laughs> you, you do yours. You do yours. No, no, no. You just do yours. All right. I want to hear um, from the No Means No with Jello Biafra album the song Bad. Such a good song. Oh yeah. We hope you guys like the little nuggets that, that Dom had about his boss man slash buddy slash absolute legend in our scene. <laughs> wish I wish I could give Jello a call anytime I wanted, but you're my Je- you're my Jello Biafra. <laughs> Without the success and uh, notoriety. <laughs> <laughs> well yes, we can definitely play that song, man. So uh yeah, if you got nothing else to say, man, let's wrap this up. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we got lots of lots more rad episodes on the horizon. So, and we're not gonna we're gonna take a little break for the Christmas break, but we're we're gonna set it up so that there's still episodes going out every Friday. So, listen to them when you can. There might be some topical information, but a lot of them I think will be timeless. Just cool stories and cool people. So, yeah, we're we're excited for you guys to hear what we got in store. 2023 and beyond so yes this has been josh with the denim podcast that's ty and- <laughs> I, said, I said his name from threw him right off <laughs> whoop, whoop. But yeah we will see you guys again in one week's time bye, bye.
and just look how happy he is. 